RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Brian Leyland is a New Zealand-based consulting engineer with experience in all aspects of the power industry. His main interest is in hydropower, but he also has experience in wind, solar, tidal, and wave power. Brian has been on Reality Check Radio before on our Greenwashed show with Jaspreet and Don. And if you want to go and hear that uh, interview, you can go to our replays page and find it there. But we've asked uh, Brian Leyland to come on the program today to provide some critical analysis of the government's suite of energy proposals for transitioning to 100% renewable energy released following the announcement of the BlackRock Investment Fund. And Brian Leyland is with me now. Brian, thanks for coming on RCR again. That's all right. It's a pleasure to be with you. Okay, so first of all, your reaction to the BlackRock Investment Fund announcement. Did you see that coming? I didn't see it coming. I'm surprised. It seems incredible that an outfit with the presumed wisdom and intelligence of BlackRock, who's the biggest investor in the world, after all, um, should offer to invest in something which is so obviously impossible. Okay, so impossible. Right. Impossible. Miracles might happen. So why are they engaging or, or taking or, or playing a, their part in a miracle, do you think? Um, corporate, um, what's the word, virtue signaling. Right. Look how what about we our government? we've invested in this. We're doing our bit for ESG. What about our government, though? Our government is doing this on behalf of us. They never asked us, by the way, if we wanted this. But um, they're doing that. They're also part of what? Uh, a, they're in a delusion? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the government, there's anybody in the government who's capable of understanding the complexities of keeping the lights on in a power system like ours. <clears throat> yeah, there's a big, um, nice picture in the uh, document that they've released with Megan Woods there. Uh, obviously, this uh, much of what's being presented is in her name. In your experience or knowledge, does she have any expertise in this area whatsoever? As far as I can make out, she's got absolutely none, and she's relying on people who don't have much more. <clears throat> okay, so their plan is to have 100% renewable energy in 30 years. From what you can see, how, how are they trying to persuade us that they can do that? Um, blind faith. Okay. There's a lot I of fancy graphs else. and pictures and a lot of descriptive uh, descriptions of, of things in this very complicated extended document. What well, is it all just fluff in your view? Well, the thing is that wind and solar, sometimes the wind blows and the sun shines and you've got vast amount of energy available and probably going to waste at times. And sometimes the sun doesn't shine and the wind doesn't blow and suddenly you're short of a couple of thousand megawatts and the lights go out. And the only thing that will stop that happening is large-scale storage, long-term large-scale storage, a technology that doesn't exist but is never mentioned in any of the government documents. They just say, oh, yeah, we need a bit of storage. They've got no idea how much we need, that it's got to be long-term and it's got to be very cheap. So and, you're, talking, uh, you're talking battery storage there? Batteries are enormously expensive. 
sufficient batteries to back up a wind farm for a year, so to average out its output for a year, would cost about 50 times as much as the wind farm itself. 50 times as much. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm looking at one of their graphs here, and they're showing um, up to 2050. And uh, they're showing, you know, the transition. Geothermal stays the same, so there's there's nothing going on there. Yeah, Hydro it should be. <laughs> Say again? It should be. Yeah, I'm going to ask you why that would be. Hydro stays the same, but there's a big shift there to are some wind, solar. Plant. They don't seem to have noticed. Well, there's a big shift to wind, solar, and bio. I'm no engineer, but, hey, we know how to build dams. <laughs> Right, yeah. and that and and we know that works. It works. Yes, it does. Work. Why would there be no growth in hydro? It's renewable energy. What's the problem with that? Do you think? There's no, in real world, there's no problem at all with hydro. There's quite a few hydro stations we could build that have been properly investigated, and were pretty. The land was bought, and they were pretty well ready to go ahead in the 1990s. But now we're in an environment where the environmental groups, for some reason I can't understand, will not tolerate storage hydro. They say they like Runner River, but even then they block the one on the West Coast. So it's, it's, it's really incomprehensible that people that believe in dangerous man-made global warming and things like that that could be solved by hydro are so against it. That would solve all the problems, wouldn't it? Hydro, right there. Um, not all the problems, because we can't build enough in the time we've got. Remember, this is all supposed to be happening. No, no, right forget there. about the date. Okay, let's forget about the date. But if, <laughs> okay. you know, if we, in, in reasonable time, um, yeah. we could, we could, we could completely put this whole thing to bed with more hydro. I, I'm picking. And we, if we put the hydro, particularly on the Waitaki, which is another several hundred megawatts, it adds to New Zealand storage because it's using reusing more of the storage. On the Clyde, it's a bit the same, but other ones have to have big storage. So if we put in a lot more storage, a lot more hydro without storage, we make the dry air problem even worse. Right. The dry air problem is traditionally solved by burning coal and gas and running lakes down very rapidly. Why, why do you think there's this obsession with wind, solar, and they've added bio uh, into that? Is that what... Um bio waste or something. I don't know what that is without uh, yeah. diving deeper into that. But there seems to be an obsession with the things that that don't work the most. <laughs> there, there is, and I don't understand it. If I'm a, in a suspicious mind, I would suggest that the wind and solar people are giving backhanders to the environmentalists. And we know that the Russians are giving backhanders to the environmentalists in Europe to block fracking, and nuclear, I think nuclear power as well. So it's it's not out of order that they uh, might be being paid some backhanders, but I have no evidence of it. Yeah, well, people do things for reasons, don't they? They tend to. Yeah. Though it might go with that environmental mindset of it being gentler. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of gentle. It's crazy. I mean, wind farms, all these, all these machines flogging away. And what are you going to do with them when they're finished? They only last 25 years. 
I'm working on my hydro power station at the moment. I'm at the station. It's 20 years old. The generating plant is 100 years old, and I expect it to run for another 40 years. Yeah. And, you know, and they're talking about stuff with life of 20 years is a sustainable and renewable. Bloody hell. Well, you'd only you'd only endorse that, first of all, if you were stupid or you only saw that time period as useful for you. Yeah. Like it's a political time period or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I mentioned geothermal before and you made a comment about that. That doesn't seem to, in the graph I'm or the graphic I'm looking at here, mm. there are no plans, it seems, to expand that. Yet I understand, no expert, that we have quite a bit of geo geothermal energy that we can tap into if we do it in the right way. Why do you think, and that would be renewable, um, you know, uh, non-polluting energy, because it's steam in the end, isn't it? So why would that not be in the plan? I think it just illustrates the ignorance of the power system of the people who wrote that report and not aware that several geothermal developments are underway right now. There's several hundred megawatts under construction right now and more is planned. And they all sort of be aware that there's potential if we do some more exploration drilling, which hasn't been done since the 1960s, there's also some potential fields to be found that we don't know about yet. So how much could that contribute then to our that that type of energy to our bigger picture energy needs? At, at the moment, we've got a thousand megawatts of geothermal, which normally runs at nine hundred and fifty megawatts flat out, day and night. How, what's that enough energy to 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 power? Give us some kind it's of. It's about twenty percent of our total energy. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's huge. Like 18 to 20%, yeah. I might be wrong, but it's 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 big. But we've also got about 1,000 megawatts of wind with more to come online, which sometimes generates nothing, and on average generates a third of what the geothermal stations generate on average. So 1,000 megawatts of geothermal is as good as 3,000 megawatts of wind plus 1,000 megawatts of storage to keep the lights on when the wind's not blowing. Yeah, because the geothermal activity doesn't go away, does it? You do run the fields down. Right. It, it, it is our design that you will run the field down in about 50 years. Well, 50 years, but, that's that's some other generation's problem then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the fields, I mean, the, the Wairaki fields have been going longer than that. <clears throat> they usually last yeah. longer than they expect. So that's way longer than the infrastructure of uh, of wind would last. Way longer. Yes. Double. And not near as much stuff to abandon when you walk away from it. What about There's some um, pipes that can be salvaged and a power station which you just knock over? Yeah, you recycle a lot of the components. Recycle a lot of the components, I, I take it. Well, yeah, mostly it's a lot of it's steel and stuff, easily to recycle. It's easier to cut some pipes up than it is to pull down a wind tower and get a 50-ton generator from the top of the wind of the 200-foot tower. Yeah. tower. Now, what about nuclear? Should there be greater cons um, consideration of nuclear um, in this day and age? And and if so, why, why do you think that is so neglected? I think I probably know the answer to that. It has origins in 
um, nuclear weapons and, and political stances over the years. But uh, that would seem a, a something that could fix it all right in one fell swoop as well. Yeah, nuclear is the obvious answer. There's enough nuclear potential to power the world for 700 years or so, I'm told. That's probably using thorium as well as uranium. Um, 25 years ago, I realized that all the people who thought that global warming was a disaster also thought that nuclear power was horrible. But it seemed to me it was the only long-term way of solving the problem. So I got suspicious of their motives, motives and became a climate skeptic. So I don't understand why they oppose nuclear power. Maybe there's backhanders involved. Maybe they're being subsidized by wind and solar on the basis that they don't promote it. Maybe they just have a crazy belief that because Chernobyl was an archaic piece of machinery maloperated, this means all modern, new, very safe nuclear stations are equally dangerous, which is crazy. I mean, it's like saying I won't ride in a modern car because the Model T didn't have front brakes. Yeah, or well, seatbelts. It's exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's crazy. Uh, if you're going to be formulating policy, serious policy to power a country into the future, which is everything, actually, without it, we don't have a standard of living, and you're ignorant or choose to have blind spots about these things, that is very alarming, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but the, the, we're up against people for, for whom all this has become really a religion. It's a matter of blind belief. Okay, well, that's that's not an easy thing to deal with. No, not at all. I'm not sure how, but uh, I think that's that's re really what you, you're faced with. I mean, an example of this is <clears throat> that the... Um, According to the latest thing from the IPCC, methane is one quarter as effective as the greenhouse gas than we thought. Now, everybody should be saying, oh, joy, farmers are off the hook. It's not a problem after all. Let's go and, and, and boost our agricultural output. But they're not. I don't understand it. Yeah, notice in the... In the um government publication here that we talked about at the beginning and I've been referring to, there is a constant mention, even in a scan read of the pages, it, it comes up all the time of climate change. They're just always banging on about it. It's yeah. relentless. They are. And it, it's the climate emergency, all these sorts of things. And yet the IPC says that you can't detect climate change in one incident. You can only measure climate change by measuring the change in temperatures over a 30-year or longer period. If it's, if it's a steady, slow increase in carbon dioxide, then there should be a steady, slow increase in temperatures. And what we've got is we've had constant temperatures since 2016, and then suddenly, this, in the last few months, very unstable weather. But perhaps that unstable weather is caused by Hunga Tonga eruption, which flew unimaginable amounts of water vapor into the other atmosphere. Perhaps it's due to the end of three years of La Nina. We don't know. Yes, that Tongan eruption that you speak know. about, that, that eruption is never mentioned. No. And it's talking about the elephant in the frickin' room. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, didn't it put more wa- water vapor into the atmosphere than 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 humans can do in like a hundred or two hundred years or some it's, damn it's thing? Like some phenomenal amount. I mean, it's the second worst. In, uh, it was next after Krakatoa. That's incredible. Okay, so um, I, I, I want to get two views from you. First of all, if it was Brian Leyland setting the course and putting in place what this country needs to do to have a secure, sustainable, um, practical energy system, fit for purpose, let's say up to 50 years or beyond, how would he do it? Well, first I'd explore for gas to back off coal. And uh, every other country's frantically burning gas and, and trying to get more except when they're, they're blocked by environmentalists. I'd build more hydropower. And uh, I would certainly be looking for more geothermal fields, even though they do produce a little bit of carbon dioxide. That would be the main things we can do now. In the longer term, I would be actively looking at nuclear power and waiting for a successful small reactor so we can order a batch of them and solve the problem long-term. Okay. Under the plan that these this government has, BlackRock will be investing in, it seems, though, will they? Because they want to return, right? They don't do it out of charity. Um, so how, how do you see it going if that plan is the one that we follow? It's going to crash and burn. It's got to finish up with major shortages and blackouts. If they continue as they are, there is no other. You just can't, nothing Nothing else can happen. There's no other way out. Without storage, large-scale wind and solar will bring blackouts. That's it. Wow. Okay. Um, what do are, what are the community of engineers say when you talk with other engineers, people in this business who are actually running the system at the moment? What are they, what are they saying behind the scenes? Can you tell us? They're very cautious. A lot of them won't answer my questions. They just go blank. They know that they are employed by a government that believes in this particular mantra, and they know it's probably more than their job's worth to get up on their hind legs and say, it's all a load of cock. Well, that's a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. All right, well... So could we say that, that the path we're following is actually a form of negligence? Um, yes. Ignorance, I would say, more than negligence. Just plain, plain, ordinary ignorance. Yeah, but if you're driving your um, population, future populations, into a worse standard of living, less secure energy, less performing economy, let's say, all those things that you know we aspire to to be first world, if you're if you're sacrificing that, that could be seen as negligent, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I would, I would have to agree. Yeah. I'm not trying to persuade you. I'm just trying to get no, a no, kind no. of a fix on the gravity of this. And thinking about it a bit more, you're right. Negligence is a good word. Do you and, see? And just uh, just not fulfilling their obligations towards the public. Do you see any um, hope from no, other? Nobody ever got into. They didn't get into power saying we're going to have lots of green energy and blackouts, did they? No. No, they didn't. They didn't get into power by locking us down, saying they'd lock us down either. Um, that's another mm-hmm. story. Do you see any hope on the political horizon for any change in thinking um, at a level that makes a difference to change this course? Do you, do you see any of that? 
No, the um, Act Party seemed to be reasonably well on top of the problem, in under, reasonable understanding. The National Party probably have a, a reasonable understanding, but think it wouldn't go down politically to be, be seen as anti-green. Um, and the Labour Party just believe in their own, their own uh, story. I don't think anything will change until we get blackouts. Oh, so you think it'll take that? And then the voters will react strongly. It'll have, it'll have to get to that. I don't think anything else will. will yeah, yeah. I've been trying to warn people that we're in a dodgy position for years and that we're at risk and they're not, not interested. I mean, at the moment, it's a weak year and the power station is struggling to meet the demand. Transpower put out warnings that in September, on several occasions, they're going to be going to be marginally enough power available to keep the lights on. They're running running beyond the normal safety limits on several occasions in a wet year. And that's as good as it gets a wet year, right? Yeah. Wow. If it was a dry year, we'd be having blackouts. So you 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 think that the public is sort of kind of in an ignorant space? Yeah. They don't. As long as the lights are shining, they don't really know. Yeah, and the, and the logic is a lot of them don't, don't want to know. They've been told so long that wind and solar will solve the problem that they believe it. And, you know, who's to tell them otherwise? And they're adding fifteen hundred electric vehicles, according to this report, to the fleet. I think it's every month or something. Yeah. Um, and surely, they, I mean, you got to charge them, right? Yes, yes, and I can I can refill my car in, in five minutes. You can't, you don't fully refill an electric car in thirty. So, yeah. how big are the filling stations going to have to be? Well, that's the other thing. That technology could be usurped by something else in the meantime, anyway. So, when you've put all the infrastructure in to a losing technology, mm. um, then that could be a big waste. Yeah. Why are we pushing electric cars when we're still burning coal? I mean, Huntley's been running for weeks with two, either two or three machines for the last three or four, maybe six weeks. And a wet year. Because you get to control people, Brian. Hmm? You get to control people. You get to tell them what to do. Yeah, indeed. All right. Any, anything more you'd like to say on this? Have I, um, have I missed anything? Um I, I don't think so. It's it's we're in a very strange situation, and it's got to end badly. But the, Could you the ever have seen problem, this I coming? Is is when we do get a voter backlash, the governments will be totally unprepared, and liable to run around clutching at straws and doing something nearly as stupid in order to fix allegedly fix the situation. In your experience, what they should be doing is saying drill for gas. Go for fracking, go for nuclear. Ooh. But what they will say is, I, I have no idea. Somebody's likely to come up with some magic formula that won't work, and they'll touch. In all your career, Brian, long career in this, all these years, could you, could you have foreseen this? Yeah, I have foreseen it. I've been uh, playing Cassandra for many years, probably too many years. Right. Okay. <laughs> But we've got to remember that in the end, Cassandra was right. Yeah, I got a feeling that that you're right, and I and I got yes, a feeling a lot about. I don't our like listener. it, but I think it's inevitable. 
I think a lot of our listeners would agree with that. And I think uh, if people really thought about it, and you know, you're talking about the um, the politics of it, um, that there would be an overwhelming rejection of this. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on RCR again, Brian Leyland. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be talking to you. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.